morning, everyone. I'm uh, going to reach for my little readers. <laughs> uh, they'll help me, and as long as I have the surgeries pending, I can't have uh, regular glasses made because they won't know what to make them for and what the future will be. So, uh, so let's carry on with the sermon. I'm quite sure I'm going to need to cut this about in half, I think. Uh, understand the food is warming. <laughs> if it starts warming and the odors come in here, the sermon gets shorter and shorter, doesn't it? <laughs> I think. <laughs> anyway, uh, last week I talked about the plagues of the scriptures in the, in the New Testament and uh, just uh, some from early uh, uh, in the New Testament to some later in the New Testament book of uh, Revelation, which brings me into what we're doing now as well today. So I want you to just remember to go back and review those things that we already talked about because they feed into this week's sermon. And uh, this week is is on the... Um, the end time events. And there's more than we'd guess and more uh, books of the Bible that talk about end time events. So it gets a little awkward, but uh, let's take it from where we're at and uh, cover as much as we can today and maybe have to do another one. I think possibly that's going to be for real. <laughs> there is so much said. And by the way, when I, whenever I'm talking like that, I'm actually encouraging you to read those chapters, read those books uh, that have the most about it. I'm always saying, read the red letters of the Bible. Because Jesus said a lot of things about the end time events. What's going to happen, how it's going to be, when it's going to be, and so on. Uh, of course, he said the angels don't even know. Only the Father knows uh, when the end is going to be called. So turn with me first to uh, uh, Matthew 24, starting with verse 24 as well. So uh, just a few verses there, and uh, we'll bring us up to speed a bit more on uh, end time events, and then we'll keep going. So uh, Matthew 24, 24 to 27, reads this way. For there shall arise false Christs, I guess this is the most scary one because people will come along saying, I've got all the answers and I can tell you what it's all going to be about and um, come this way and we'll, we'll show you. Well, no, uh, I've already told you there's a, Jesus said he didn't know, only the Father knew when the end is going to happen. But we can have some things in between that he told us about that we can use. So one of the things will be false Christs are going to show up. People that are going to start saying that they've got all the answers and just come over here and, and um, you'll be given the truths of those things. Uh, we know there's a lot of truths in the Bible and we need to learn the truths so that we can know which are false Christs and which are false prophets, it says in that same verse. Which are false prophets. They'll prophesy this is going to happen or that's going to happen and uh, they don't have a message from the Heavenly Father. That's what false prophets are. So carrying on in that verse, those false prophets and false Christs, and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. This is no funny business, is really what Jesus is saying. 
You need to know the scriptures, know what's going to happen, know the timing of things that are going on and how they relate to the prophecies that are in the Bible and, and don't get lost in there somewhere. It actually is easy enough to know what's going on and who's, well, the scriptures have the proof and the truth. That's where we need to be going. Verse 25, Behold, I have told you before, have you recently read the red letters in the Bible? That's what the problem is, isn't it? Jesus told us these things. He says, don't you know that I told you? We need to read those red letters, find out what Jesus had to say. And the book of Revelation also has Jesus' words to John the Revelator. So God gave the message to, to Jesus. Jesus gave the message to John the Revelator or to an angel and then to John the Revelator. So we need those, those inputs. We need to read them. The book of Daniel, don't forget it. Zechariah, don't forget him. A bunch of the Old Testament books. You need to know what's in those books about the end time events. Okay, uh, verse 26. Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he, meaning Christ, uh, is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe him not, believe him not. That's not the way it's going to be. So if we know the Bible, we won't get in trouble there. For as the light shineth out of the east, lightning cometh out of the east, and shineth even unto the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. It's going to be so spectacular that you can't make a mistake. We know when there's a thunderstorm going on, you look out the east window, and there's a bright flash. No, actually, that came from the other side of the house, right? A few nights ago, I heard this boom and flash, and everything went very dark. Something the opposite side of the house to us. Maybe it blew up a transformer or something, but... All of a sudden, there was this bright flash, this noise, and so that wasn't the coming of the Lord. Okay. We've got a few other things to tick off that'll happen before it's actually Jesus that's going to be coming. That wasn't him. In verse 27, for as the lightning shineth out, okay, I read that one. Um, that's as far as I needed to go there in, uh, in that one. So about the lightning. And uh, it'll be similar to some things like lightning that'll be the coming of, the, of Jesus Christ. In Matthew 24, 29, so I want to move down here a little bit. So that I can read a little further in the computer. Uh, let's see this way. Okay. In 29, it says, immediately after the tribulation of those days. You know, we need to stop and stop and stop when you're reading through this. It's going to immediately happen after something else has happened. So that we'll have a continuity of knowing that this is the next thing that's supposed to happen. Tribulation. There is some countries that have had a lot of tribulation. United States always said that they were a Christian nation. They'd been built on the Bible and uh, these other faiths and religions were not welcome except that you could come and join in and change your faith to the Christian faith and so on um, because the churches were very strong Christian beliefs in the United States. 
And then people started talking about it's gone away. The Christian influence in the United States is very weak. The Bible Belt across the middle of the United States and lower half of the United States is weakening. Yeah. There was a movie made. I don't know if you can still get it. Made by a Christian group called America, You're Too Young to Die. I've still got a copy of it. That was 1986, something like that. America, You're Too Young to Die. And it tells of the coming of the pilgrims to the United States and how they, they, they lived by the Bible. And they, they lived by uh, books like um, Fox's Book of Martyrs. And similar ones that said people that had been Christians and died for the faith. And who did it? Who put them to death? Well, don't bring those in here. That's what the idea was. Convert people to Christianity when you bring them into the country. And of course, when the country was new, there wasn't so many other religions getting in. But they did. They kept coming, kept coming more and more. And so the churches got weaker and weaker and they didn't preach the whole truth. They started getting weak as well. And um, the country is no longer as strong Christian influence that they should be. And it affects all churches. Uh, I see uh, a great big church that was bulldozed down and the ground looked like it had been um, tilled with a, with a rake or powered instrument that would look at make it look like that, like a rake. Things are happening. The churches are failing. And it's not one religion only. I think it affects everyone. Every religion is failing, getting lower and lower. The New Testament says something about a falling away. The Lord can't come unless there be a falling away. Hey, yeah, we got it. Everywhere around us, everywhere. So the end is here, near at hand. So immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. You know, uh, 50 years ago, 60, 70 years ago, these statements were not understood. Anybody can tell you that these are happening now. The smoke in, this, in the air, the cloudy situation for the, for the sun, the moon, uh, can't give their light like they used to, uh, storms and uh, oh, all kinds of things in the, in the air, and um, the stars so fall, <laughs> no problem at all. We've got a couple of those come down every so often. The man-made stars are falling. The real stars are not near our earth and they won't fall on us. But there's all kinds of man-made stars, satellites and other things that will fall on the earth because that's where gravity is going to pull them. They're going to fall on the earth. And mankind is getting worried about it. They actually have teams and teams of people that track every bit of junk that is floating up there in case they shoot up another rocket and run into one of those one of those pieces of junk. They have to track every one of them. So those things are different in our world. If, if you preached this verse in the 1950s, it would be that much different. 
There was no satellites. There was no junk up there. Yeah. Okay. Next verse 30. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. I wished we knew exactly what that was going to be, but we're getting told enough. And as we go along, we get a little more and a little more in the scriptures. And when and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with the power and with with power and great glory. You'll be able to tell the difference. This is an unusual, very different situation that's going to happen. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. And you know, this is right here in Matthew. And we talk to people at the grocery store every so often or any other store we go into and we say, Boy, it's getting bad, isn't it? And this and this and this, people talking about, say, yeah, we're, we're listening for trumpets. And they look at you with this blank face, what are you talking about? What's, well, here it is. They, they evidently didn't know this verse was here and hadn't been to, to your funeral lately. Usually they read about the trumpet when there's a funeral. Okay. <laughs> Somebody's missing. They're not understanding the word of God, not reading it. So everybody's going to know when that trumpet sounds. And verse 31, And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together the elect from the four winds, or four directions of the world, four areas of the world, from one end of heaven to the other. This is not heaven away from the earth. This is heaven where the blue is. You know, if you're just outside of our our atmosphere and you look back and it's blue. If you go over to the moon, the sky is black. Anywhere else, we don't hear of any other light like it anywhere else. The sky is black. No reflecting of light. So this, this uh, earth has got the clouds and that's where the sight is going to be seen. The trumpet shall be sounding. And people will be gathered from the four winds, four areas of the world, all directions, in other words. People will be gathered. Now learn the parable of the fig tree. That's one we can kind of say, okay. He's talking about normal growth, things that are going on, and we should be able to tell when the seasons are coming and so on. Uh, We should be able to do the same with the scriptural verses and say this is what's going to happen. So going down a little bit, and verse 34 says, um, this generation shall not pass till all these things shall be fulfilled. Wow. Yeah, you listen to the TV, news, and so on, or, or um, talking about end time events, you might say, but what's happening in the next so many years with the, this disease and that disease and this horrible situation with the air and the atmosphere and all of this. And then they predict five years. We've passed over the return point. There's no more return. What's damage done is done. We're going to have to live with what we've destroyed. Five years they're talking about. Well, possibly ten, I heard them saying. That's not very far away. That can be in my lifetime. That the world's going to come to the end. 
Now that's not a bad thing because Jesus said, look up for your redemption, call it, <laughs> draw off nigh. This is a good thing. When Jesus comes, he's going to fix it. And it'll be a wonderful place to live. <laughs> this world was not made to just be destroyed. Um, going down, verse uh, 35, the heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But of that day and that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but the Father only. So even these men's predictions of what they think the earth can stand or not stand, that's, that's wrong. They're not going to predict it in a way that you can say, oh, yeah, they're, they're right. Well, I got a book from 1972 that said the end of the world was coming and that we needed to have scientists and engineers to be able to know what to do with the car tires. And on and on and on. Well, here we are. We did figure out something. <laughs> okay. But it's this, this end of the world is completely different. Uh, this is when Jesus is going to come and set up his throne and his rule. Verse 36. Uh, okay, that's uh, okay. For 37. We're ready for verse 37 in Matthew 24. 37 says, But as the days of Noe, or Noah, were so shall, they, shall also be the coming of the Son of Man be. What, what happened then? Well, we have to read a little further. For as the days that were before the flood of Noah, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage and they, until the day that Noah entered into the ark. Uh-oh, there's a deadline. God said, okay, bring all the animals. Nobody paid any attention. All these animals marching through town and heading for the ark. They were still having their parties. They were still doing their own thing. Yeah, and all of a sudden, God shut the door. Why did God shut the door? Because Noah maybe couldn't have. He would have felt sorry for the people that were on the outside. That's a normal feeling, right? But the door had to be shut so that the animals could be saved and Noah and his three sons and the, and the four women, wives, were inside. For as in the days of Noah, as in the days that were before the flood, yeah, that's what they were doing, eating and drinking. Okay, I'm going to go up here a little bit further. I want to get down to about 41 in here. Yes, 41. Uh, before the flood. So just a couple more verses here. And knowing, this is verse 39, and know not until the flood came and took them all away. They weren't saved. They were taken away. Their, lives, their life was taken away. So shall also be the coming of the Son of Man be. That much of a sudden change that people are not noticing a thing until it's too late. They don't want to be bothered to get ready to meet the Lord. That's why I often say that. Be sure to be ready to meet your Maker. Make, meet the Lord. And verse 40. Then shall two be in the field. This can be a whole study. Why are two in the field and why is one taken and one not? That's too big of a thing for right today. But it can be that automatic, that much of a problem. If the trumpet blows and what's going to happen in that chapter, Thessalonians, that could happen where one stays and one goes. 
This is individual, in other words, as well. Individually, we have to make a choice. Okay, the next verse is kind of the same thing. Uh, two, two women were grinding at a mill, and one's taken, one's not. What's the next verse? Watch, therefore, for ye know not what uh, hour your Lord doth come. Many stories in Jesus' discussions come with this kind of instructions. You don't know when it's going to be. Be ready always. Look at the book of Peter. Be ready always. <laughs> First and second Peter. Always be ready to meet the Lord. Meet, the, meet your maker. Okay, I want to go to another area here. 41 and 42 is where I ended, right. Uh, I want to go to... Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I think I may have that in here, but I'm fearful enough that the whole thing may disappear on me if I do the wrong thing. So let's just go to the Bible and uh, go to 1 Thessalonians. First Thessalonians and chapter 4. And this starts with verse 13. This is always given at funerals, but watch what's talking about the end of the world. That's what we're trying to get here. So at verse 13, it's chapter 4, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, dead. That was what the subject was. What if you died before Jesus got here? It was so new to everybody that they thought, we're, we're surely Jesus is going to come in my lifetime and we'll, we'll live, we'll see all of this happening. But he didn't. There's no specific time given when he was going to come back. It wasn't 10 years, 50 years, 100 years. There's no time frame given. Only God knows that. So this concerned the believers in the church. What happens if I'm asleep in death? that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. We have a hope of eternal life. We have hope of the resurrection. So you won't be worried about this. Don't, don't worry about it. Don't, don't get heartache over it. Verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. God's going to take care of them. It's all going to be handled. You know, he said, don't worry about it. Uh, those that died in faith in Jesus Christ, uh, he's going to be, they're involved. They're going to be there. Verse 15. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Get in the way is a way of translating this prevent. It's an older word that's not readily understood to uh, know the difference of getting in the way of somebody and preventing them from doing such and such or whatever. But uh, so don't worry about them. Uh, the, uh, we that are alive won't prevent those that are asleep and vice versa. <clears throat> Verse 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout 
with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. So nobody gets ahead of anybody else. The dead in Christ are going to come above the ground, and then we're all together, right? We're all together. Uh, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. That belongs to the earth. You know that? You go out in space, there's no clouds out there. Okay, there's little particles that glow, but there's no clouds as we know clouds. This is moisture and humidity and so on. This is clouds that belong to the earth. To be with the Lord in the air, that belongs to the earth. Jesus is coming here. You can go, I don't know how many miles would be silly for me to try to guess, but you go halfway from here to the moon and there's not going to be any air out there. Doesn't go that far. Airplanes can't fly out there because there's no air out there. Okay, so he's coming to the earth. And so shall we ever be with the Lord, here with the air and with the clouds, is where we're going to meet Jesus and he's going to be here on earth. There's other verses that says he's going to come and set up his kingdom. His feet's going to land on the Mount of Olives. It's going to divide. He's going to put up his kingdom. I mean, there's all kinds of verses about this. You can't put them all right here. We'd overwhelm this, this story right here. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. You know, one time I was uh, listening to somebody preach on the radio, I guess it was, and as he was going along, he gave verse 16, and then all of a sudden he read verse 18. Now, that's weird. What's missing? Something's missing. Grab my Bible and go, yeah, he was preaching it wrong. He left out 16, left out verse 17. <laughs> How do you expect not to get caught? <laughs> you know? Boy, oh boy, yes. Jesus is coming here to the earth. We are not going somewhere. And later on, if he wants us to see all of his realm and go over, that's fine with me, we'll go. <laughs> but right now, this is what he says. He says, where he's, Jesus is coming here. And why? Because he's going to set up his kingdom. He's going to rule as king of kings and lord of lords over this earth. What happens after the heavenly father comes and you read about the holy city, that's going to be another story, isn't it? Things are going to be different. Okay, I don't want to linger here too long because I want to go on to First uh, uh, Thessalonians oh, 5, chapter 5. So we're just going on down the next couple of verses. About four more verses. Chapter 5, so First Thessalonians chapter 5. But of the times and the seasons, brethren... Ye have no need that I write unto you. Why? Because they're reading the Bible. They know what Peter had to say. They know what Paul had to say. They know what Jesus had to say and Mark and Matthew and so on. They're reading the Bible. They know what they had to say. He says, I don't have to tell you about the times and the seasons. It's all written. Why repeat it? Okay, in verse 2. For yourselves know perfectly that that day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. It's not going to tell you on April such and such or five o'clock in the morning or seven o'clock in the afternoon. I hear this music all the time, people singing. I'll meet you on the eastern gate. You know, it's, now wait a minute. <laughs> meet you in the morning. Yeah, that one too. Yeah. Uh, meet you by the eastern gate. And, um, you know, Eastern Gate may be already exploded when Jesus lands and spreads out the 
the valley, puts a city in there. <laughs> okay. We don't know what's going to happen. But uh, the Lord's going to come as a thief in the night. We won't know when it's coming. Many verses on that, in the red letters as well, that Jesus said. Okay, verse 3. For when they shall say peace and safety, who's going to say that? These are world leaders. I don't think these are religious people. They shouldn't be. They should know better. But somebody's going to start hollering peace and safety. Then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness that that they should overtake you as a thief. Look up the verses about the thief, the coming of the Lord as compared to a thief. Look up those verses. I, I read some of them last week. Okay. We need, to, we need to know these things and understand that this is part of the situation that's coming. So a few more verses here. I want to go to 1 John. 1 John. The little John. At least his writing was, was shorter. First <laughs> John. There we go. And I want chapter 2 and verse 18. First John chapter 2 and verse 18. Little children, it is the last time. When he was writing this, always time is short because you never know when your situation, your life, your health, um, it's always should be considered short that we make ourselves ready to meet our Lord. Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that the Antichrist, oh, I thought some preachers preach that the Antichrist only happens way at the end of the world. It will again. It will. But they had the Antichrist here. Who was it? It was a church that was teaching falsely. They had it right here. Oh, maybe this is a one-time deal. No, no, there's about three, four times that this word Antichrist is used. Um... As as ye have heard, the Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many Antichrists. They're there with him. Whereby we know that it is the last time. Wickedness in churches had already arrived. The false Christ, false teachings. They went out from us, but they are not of us. Oh, does that sound familiar? The apostles had it in their day. They taught the people and then they went out to preach and they did their own thing. Right. They did not follow the scriptures. They did not look to God for their leading. For if they had been with us, been of us, they would not, no doubt, have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not of us. False teachers is what this is. False teachers. Remember when Paul said, I'm going to have to leave, but after I depart, grievous wolves shall enter in to the church. Yeah. Okay, verse 20. But ye have an unction of the Holy One, and ye know all things. I think I wanted to go maybe, no, just that's far enough. 
uh, we need to be trusting the Heavenly Father, trusting the Holy Spirit, and uh, living it. Uh, we know that the last time is short and going to be here. Uh, verse 22, I guess I want to read as well. Uh, so I might as well read verse 21. Uh, I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth. You, you, you know it. It's, that's not why I'm writing to you. But you've got to remember it. You've got to learn it. Hang on to it. But because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. People lie about teachings of the Bible, and, and he said, they're, they're not of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is antichrist, against Christ. That denieth the Father and the Son. That's an antichrist. That's how you know him. The truth will expose him. And now I want to go to chapter 4 and verse 3. Chapter 4 and verse 3, same teaching. The first couple of verses are very good too, but I'm going to start with verse 3. Just read just 3. Chapter 4, verse 3. And every one and every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is, uh, is come in the flesh is not of God, and that is, that, and this is that spirit which, oh, got to watch this. <laughs> Back up a couple. Of, um, and every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God, and this is that spirit of Antichrist. That's who he is if he won't accept Christ, won't teach Christ. He's an antichrist. He's against Christ. Wherever you have heard that it should come, even now already is in the world. The antichrist is already in the world. We don't have to wait for such and such to happen in Israel and, and then the antichrist is going to show up and he's going to set up a kingdom in Israel. They already had this antichrist guy here. It's another follow-up. There's more scriptures that'll say that the same thing is going to start over. He was, he lived, he died and is revived and he's coming back. Yeah, that, that's some scriptures I've already found, but I'm going to have to use those next time. Okay, let's go to, let's see, one more uh, in here. I want to go to Second John. Second John, just a little book. They usually don't even bother saying chapter 1, but I'll say chapter 1, verse 7. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, this is a deceiver and an antichrist. You need to know this chapter, right? Actually, I'm always talking about you need to read John 1, 2, 3. All of, all of these chapter, uh, book 1, book 2, book 3. 1 uh, John, 2 John, 3 John. Why? Because here they have tests in there. You wonder sometimes, am I making it with God? Am I okay? Am I going to be all right? And it says, if you did this and this and this, you are all right. And then it'll say, you know? Yeah, you know. If you're living it, you know it. So this is how you can prove to yourself that you're in the faith, that you're walking in the truth, I see in just a few verses down. So you have to know that you're there. Uh, let's see. Yeah. I'm going to leave this one for you, I know. 
But I'll show you what you need to read here in, in Mark chapter 13. If you took Mark chapter 13, there's 37 verses. Uh, do you need me to read it to, to you? Or <laughs> I know you can do it on your own, right? If you were to read verses 4 to 7 to 8, and then jump to 14 and through 19 and 20 and 22, 23, 24, 27, 29, 31, 32, 35 to 37... You might as well read the whole chapter, right? That's why I'm going to leave it for you for homework. This is telling the same thing that Matthew tells. How do you know when the end time is coming? How do you know what's going to happen? What is, is happening? Then you might as well go to Luke 21 and read the whole chapter. The first five verses are on a different topic. But from verse 5 to 36 is all about the second coming. So if you'll do that, and then next time we can get into Revelation 13 and 14. In fact, that would be good reading prior to Revelation 15, 16, and 17, 18. So why don't you do that too? Read Revelation 13 and 14. They're a build-up to the main event. So have you got that? You want to read in Mark, you want to read in Luke, and you want to read Revelation 13 and 14. You'll see right away how it's a build-up. It's not the main event and what it's talking about. And it's a preview of what's coming. So I'm going to end there and give you that homework. And we'll pray that next time we'll have a little different situation. And maybe my glasses will even be better. <laughs> May God bless you.